and that we love a chat We love to help and that's a fact So we have made it our mission to find stuff out From diagnosis and education Slimming out of pure frustration Chat to folks who've been there too Collect it together and share it with you If you know someone we should speak to Send them our way and that's what we'll do We like to have our sensory natters You know what? Hello everybody, it's Jenny here, Sensory Matters episode 72 and today I have got Lorraine and Katie back, so the three of us back together which is lovely. How are you both? Good, thank you. Gang's back together. Yay. Just hot. (laughs) Yeah, hot, hot, hot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, you've probably seen it and felt it yourself out there that we've got record-breaking temperatures across the UK. It's been all over the news, that and Boris Johnson, but we'll move on from that. Anyway, um who saw that coming right so today we are chatting about chewing which is um we're experts in chewing and it's something that we haven't a a topic we haven't really covered um in a lot of depth because we've been busy interviewing other people and chatting about other topics and it is a real a real important one because it can be very very beneficial but also if you don't know that there are things out there then the chewing can be quite harmful as well so um, if it's not redirected to something safe and sensible. So I thought, Lorraine, because you were at the autism show and you did the whole um, presentation on the eight senses, that might be a good place to start with, like, why do people have this need to chew? Let's start right back at the very beginning. Um, well, the need to chew basically comes from, uh, it's, it's, a, it's proprioceptive input, but it's a self-regulating thing. So when you're... When you're getting close to a meltdown or when you can you feel that your anxiety is getting higher and higher, the need to chew will come and that will help you regulate your senses. So it can prevent a, mel- a meltdown, uh, it can keep you regulated and it's just a natural thing that, that some people do and it's just all part of, of the proprioceptive sense. So you mentioned proprioceptive, what is that? The proprioception is knowing where things are around you and where your body is in space so if you struggle with proprioception you might like bash into door handles and things because you're not aware of how close the door handle is okay um so that's proprioception and there's lots of great proprioceptive activities that you can do but a lot of them are things like jumping on trampolines um and you don't always have access to a trampoline yeah so this is another thing that if you don't chew Mm-hmm. or you need proprioceptive activities to, to regulate your senses, then chewing could actually help. So right. if you're not a chewer, yeah, something like a chewy gem that you can take publicly and discreetly with you, because yeah. you're not just going to shove a trampoline in your backpack. No. You can redirect that to chewing. So, Katie, this is interesting for you, isn't it? Because, like... Lorraine first found out about chewing with Jamie, her daughter, who became a big chewer. We'll cover a bit of that in a minute. But Katie, you were never a chewer, were you? No. But then you found chewing helped you. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it was a weird one because um, I never realised that chewing was such a big thing in the autism community and just generally in the sensory world and uh, people with extra needs. Like I didn't realise it at all until I saw Chewy Gem at the autism show in twenty. 17 I think it was and Mm -hmm. I just immediately was like 
I feel like I want to try this because it's a side of things that I hadn't explored in myself. And I feel like even if you don't feel like something, if you're like, you don't understand that you're craving it or you don't realize that you're craving it, or you just don't think that you're craving something, especially with the sensory world, I think it's really interesting to just sort of say to yourself, I'm going to give this a go and see, because I find that before you, it's difficult to understand what you're craving until you actually come across it and then you're like oh that makes sense yeah do you know what I mean or until you satisfy it and you feel that disappear yeah. from you yeah yeah you might not be chewing your jumpers and your pens and things you might not realize that you have that need to chew no because I never did any of that the only thing that I used to do when I was really young was I used to sort of chew on the end of my um like bedspread like like my duvet when I was mm. really young when I to help me fall asleep but apart from that like I was never a chewer I have quite a lot of like um oral like seeking kind of like I don't like it a lot of the time like brushing my teeth is a little bit difficult um I'm very sensitive to textures so I never thought that chewing would be something that would be for me but funny enough when Lorraine was just chatting about the proprioceptive side of things that makes so much sense because I tend to chew a lot when I'm restless okay so that makes sense I feel like if I can't get that energy out and I can't get that kind of like, I can't understand where my body is and like what needs to move and where and all that kind of stuff. Um, I tend to chew, which I thought was quite interesting. I'm not sure if that's linked, but quite interesting. I think it is. And I think it's all about regulating. And like I said about the trampoline, things like that are great, but you need things that you can take places with you. So like things like fidget toys are great because you can just pop them in your backpack and Mm. take them out with you. And it's the same with, with Chewy Gems. Yeah. Portable. yeah you need that access to them sort of 24 7 really don't you yeah and that's the thing like people have sensory corners at home you need to make like a little mini version to take mm. with you yeah that's a good tip having a little sort of carry sensory kit that you can have around with you for these situations yeah so for, for you Lorraine it seems to me like there's an obvious presentation of chewers and a less obvious presentation of chewers um and and Jamie was very very obvious so let's talk about like if you're a parent or even yourself and you're sitting there thinking do I need to find something to chew to to self-regulate then what are the obvious signs that that could be the case Uh, well for me because Jamie has always chewed initially I thought it was like an extension of teething yeah so for a long time I just thought oh she's probably just got some back teeth coming through or, or whatever um, mm-hmm. I did try teething toys and teething toys aren't really a nice texture so mm-hmm. she would never take to those but as she got older and she started going to school it was things like her, at home her pyjamas would be soaked because when she was sat on the sofa at night she'd just sit and chew her pyjamas at school that was when she started to chew through things because the anxieties are obviously higher at school so her mm-hmm. jumper would be soaked the sleeves would be bitten through the, the neck of her jumper would be bitten through and that's what I started to see regularly. And it was really expensive as well. And that's when you start to notice, I think, you're thinking, gosh, I've just had to buy a new jumper. I'm buying another one this week. Yeah, and then that has an impact on cost. And it doesn't look very nice either, does it? A big no. dribbly. And then you've got some teachers that will be great about it and other teachers that will be like, take that out of your mouth, Jamie. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's another thing that we'll talk about is that how do you tackle that lack of understanding of... The, the need for this um so 
I mean, we, we, over the last nine years, have had all sorts of people come to us and go, I think I need help because my child or myself is costing me a fortune in school jumpers and school clothes, or they're even destroying furniture, chewing on their bed head and bits like that. We've even heard of people chewing batteries, which is really, really frightening. Um, yeah, and we've learned that people like or crave a certain texture almost or feel for their chews. So someone that maybe chews school jumpers needs something springy and bouncy, and uh, whereas someone who chews a bedhead might need something a bit tougher and harder because they like that sensation of biting down on something hard. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, how do you how do you make a success of the change? Because if the habit is already there, to chew a certain thing, breaking that and, and, and directing it to something safer because none of those things are great um, because there's, there's risks associated with all of them. How, how do we make a success of that? Well, for us, obviously, this is where the 30-day kind of programme came in. I mm. just wanted to redirect Jamie from what she was doing to the, the Chewy Gem, which at the time was, was a gummy gem because Chewy mm-hmm. Gem didn't even exist. Yeah. Um, so my plan was that she needed this this input. If I gave it to her when she was craving it, then she would feel the sense of relief when she was chewing it. And it's like in my head I thought there's this circle and it, she will then eventually be like, yeah, I need that. That's what I'm craving. Yeah. So yeah. I just was constantly redirecting her. I spoke to school who were actually really good um, and asked that they redirected her. And I think yeah. it's just, you've got to be really consistent with it. Because we do get That's people who say, oh, I've got a fabric chewer. There's no way they'll chew a chewy gem. Well, Jamie was a fabric chewer. She was a metal chewer and she used to eat sand. And now she's 99% on her chewy gems. It's only if I forget to give her one that she goes elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and Katie, for you, being a less obvious presentation of a need to chew, you didn't know it until you tried it. How how does someone that could benefit from it but doesn't know it identify themselves as, as worth giving it a go? I think a lot of it is just confidence, I think. Um, it took me a very long time to figure out what I wanted and what I liked. And then it took me in, an even longer time then to have the confidence to admit that to myself and to kind of go, yes, this is what I need and this is, you know, helpful um, and I think I started to realize when it was helpful when I just started naturally going towards it, like Lorraine was saying, um, that's when you can really see the progress. And I was just sort of naturally finding myself craving a certain type of chew. And I was like, right, I've got that. I'm going to go and get it. And I I kind of just took it into, I put that responsibility on myself and I kind of, kind of put that on myself. And I was like, right, I'm going to help myself in this situation. And and I guess that's kind of the difference between also, you know, being a parent or a carer or a guardian versus the person who actually experiences these things. Like, it's very different than if you don't have that person kind of watching over you and being like, you should have this at this time. You kind of have to understand that for yourself and kind of make those decisions. And you've got to motivate yourself to to change and to make sure that, you know, hey, this is going to help me. I need to be confident in this. I need to have these things close to me. Um, and, and this is why, and I think it it was just, I think it was a confidence thing for me. It was really understanding that 
a lot of people need this. A lot of people find that it's helpful. And um, I was finding that as I was exploring Chewy Jam and I was like, hey, that's okay, you know? Yeah. What about the people, and there are many of them out there, that just go, I just want it to stop. You are just replacing one bad habit with another and encouraging more bad habits. What What would we say to them? It's an it's interesting not, one, yeah. yeah. It's not a bad habit. It yeah. is self-regulating tool. Mm. It's it, people's it, perception it, of it. Yeah, it is needed and it's about doing it properly and safely. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't stop somebody stimming. That's really, really harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the key, isn't it? It's It's a stim. It's a stimming thing and that needs to be let out and embraced and encouraged in order to self-regulate yeah that's exactly you it. can't just say no to it because it's it'll be like a volcano eventually that person's going to explode aren't they yeah and i mean we all stim mm-hmm. it, i mean people on phones that's that's stimming mm-hmm. uh, we all do it to an extent we all have to get regulated yeah you see this word regulated is banded about a lot what what does it actually mean so when I hear the word regulated, when I say the word regulated, I always try to like think of it as being like, um, like the blue screen on your laptop. Like everyone can relate to you're doing your work or you're sat there doing something on your laptop, and then all of a sudden it just blue screens you and says, yeah. "No, cannot compute. Um, you know, shut off," and yeah. the kind of reset. And that's how I feel like when you need regulation. Um, that's it's when your brain has been blue screened and it just cannot do anything else and it doesn't know how to process any of this and it needs to reset and it needs to go back to basics and the stimming and the um sensory seeking is a way of kind of rebooting your brain to kind of um start processing things correctly start getting back to a normal state and start functioning again and does it not also work using that analogy then that if you embrace a stim, and particularly today we're talking about chewing um, as part of your routine and life and recognize when you can use it, that you can actually prevent getting to that blue screen stage. It's almost like having a, an antivirus thing that cleans your computer and empties the trash and clears your cache and prevents the blue screen happening. Exactly. Yeah. If you, can get, yeah. if you can get good enough at it and if you can really understand what you need, when you need it, take responsibility or have a carer or a parent there who um, knows you inside and out and says, look, this is what you need now. Um, you can get to the point that you are regulating your brain and your emotions and getting on a much more like stable level as a having as opposed to having like the peaks and troughs in activity and brain function um yeah you can avoid all of those blue screens yeah that makes sense okay well we're going to take a break afterwards i want to talk about the the fight against kind of people who don't have an understanding of the need to stim and the need to chew and what tips we could offer people to help that um, before we take the break, I also want to see just what our sensory matter is for this week. Lorraine, I believe it's you. Um, yeah, so this week we got a diagnosis for Joe. So wow. that's now three out of four, four of us in our house. Diagnosed. Isn't that amazing? And and he's feeling quite happy about that? When I told him, because I, I got the diagnosis via the phone, because our paediatrician has actually gone on holiday. She was in Malaysia when she rang me to tell me, because she said, I think you probably want to know this, and I'm away for a month, which uh, I thought was really nice. Yeah. Um, she said, you don't sound surprised. I said, well, uh-huh. not. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so I told told Joe, and he went, well, I'm no different to what I was yesterday. Good for him. Which is true. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And how do you feel being a three out of four of you? Um, I think it's great. Good. Because we, yeah. we can kind of all understand each other. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like, Joe had a, a massive meltdown on Sunday, and I think mm-hmm. knowing now it's easier to deal with because mm. yeah. I know it's not just bad behaviour. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, fab. Um, I know we're going to explore all that diagnosis in a lot more depth in another episode. Um, so right now we'll take a break and then we'll come back and chat a bit more about chewing. <laughs> Throughout July, you can get 10% off our tread bangles, both adult and child. No need to do anything, just go to our website where it is already discounted. If you need any help or support, then please join our Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group on Facebook. Now back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back, everybody. So before we delve back into the chewing chat, let's get our newsworthy thing off, off our plate as well. Um, what's what's been happening in the news, Katie? Anything? It's been hot. It's been so hot. <laughs> yeah, we've... I think that has been dominating the headlines, hasn't it? Yeah, we, uh, we couldn't avoid this one. We have spoken a little bit about it previously on one of the podcasts, but it's been taken to a whole new level this week. <laughs> yes, record-breaking temperatures, and we know that our community doesn't always handle heat well. Lorraine, I know you struggle with it. Katie, you too. Mm-hmm. Um, We have, in a previous episode, covered some tips, but just in case you can't find that episode, Katie, give me a tip and Lorraine, give me a tip. I think it's just remembering that the heat can impact so many things. For some people, it's just like, well, yeah, it's got hotter, so what, you know? But from a sensory point of view, it's really important to think about all of the aspects that we are expecting some of the sensory issues to immediately change. Um, so wardrobe, you know, going from things that are normal in UK weather, like jeans and leggings and trousers to shorts mm-hmm. and skirts and dresses, you know, that could be a huge thing for someone with sensory issues. You've got um, the inability to sleep at night and having to rearrange like sleeping arrangements. You've got, you know, lack of understanding of when you're hungry because you're kind of digestive system is all over the place and is slowing down so you can be like eating less and at different times routine changes like there's so many things that just the sun being out can have such a massive impact so I think it's there's a lot of it is being prepared um but obviously we're in the thick of it now so yeah can't really do much about it now but I think it's just for me in particular the food is a massive thing in the in right. the heat because I like to eat my meals like at certain times in a day and if I don't then I get quite stressy um mm-hmm. so if I find that I'm not hungry at a certain time I start to panic and I think well I can't eat my lunch at three o'clock and my I get very very you know I'm very regimented with my food so for that yeah. a tip for me in that respect and anyone out here who experiences the same thing is just sort of go with what your body wants I always feel like it's so much more important at these times when the heat is out and there are these massive changes to just listen to what your body wants and what your body needs and just to try and kind of go with it in as a relaxed sense as possible but that can be easier said than yeah. done absolutely Lorraine I suspect you're going to say buy your own body weight and fans <laughs> Um, yeah, my house is absolutely full of fans. Uh, the other thing is, don't forget your sunglasses. 
Yeah. Mm. Going out, I, mean, I use sunglasses even when it's not sunny, so this is horrendous at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've also got, you know, those um, sprays. They're like water mist sprays. Oh, yeah. Um, so we've got some of those and we spray them in front of the fan and we all sort of stand there and they, they blow back <laughs> on us. Brilliant. Okay, good. So there's a couple of tips for you. Um, I think the weather's set to continue. So next week, uh, when this podcast goes out, you'll, it'll still be relevant. Okay, going back to chewing. Um, so we've kind of established that it is a real need for a lot of people. It's not something that can just be turned off. It's not a bad habit. It can actually be really positive. Um, we'll touch on some of the positives in, in a moment. But the one of the things that we hear about a lot in our community and some of you guys have experienced is particularly in schools and perhaps even at work where people are conscious about not wanting to be seen to do this sort of thing, um, you can be told not to do it or stop from doing it. Um, or maybe even grandparents saying they shouldn't be doing that. So there, there can be a real lack of understanding of why it needs to happen and that it's important to happen. So how have you guys handled that in the past? Well, my go-to saying is you wouldn't stop a child wearing glasses. So why would you stop them having a sensory aid? Mm. Yeah, I, I like that one because I think it's yeah. straight to the point. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you find that that works, that makes stops people and makes people think. Yeah, I think the other thing is, if it's in schools and you've got an education healthcare plan or you've got an IEP, you need to make sure that it's written into those plans. You can actually ask for it to be written into the plans that your child needs to use a chewy gem or a sensory aid. Mm-hmm. And then if they aren't allowed, then you can you can argue that because it is in the plan. Yeah. What about you, Katie? Have you come across any kind of anti-don't-do-that type attitudes? I think it is all around us. And like you said, Jenny, we see that so much in our community. We get messages almost every day sort of saying, oh, teachers won't allow me to do this. My family, like I want to buy a chewy gem, but I don't, my family won't approve of it or that kind of thing. And it's it's really difficult, but we do see it so much in our community. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think it's from a social point of view. I find it that people approach chewing in even a very different way to just like other forms of stimming and sensory seeking. Mm. And it's, I don't really know, is it something to do with the fact that it's a habit that may not, you know, visually look nice or like you said about the jumpers being all ruined, like it kind of puts people in this place of like, Ooh, what's that? You know, um, as simple as, as, I don't like people smacking their lips when they're chewing, chewing gum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I see that it was something that I was got. Well, I didn't get in trouble, but my mum would always comment on when we were a child. Look at her; she's going, <laughs> and it just doesn't look very nice. Um, so is it a? Is it? Is it that? Is it as simple as that? I don't know. I think it might be, and I think there's also a, especially in schools. I would think that maybe there's this like misunderstanding, or even like this fear that if one child is chewing and that is seen as acceptable that everyone else is suddenly going to start doing it and, you know, his habit is going to start, like, getting being contagious and start spreading around the classroom, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get this a lot via Facebook Messenger, that the teacher says that my child can't have a chewy gem because all the other kids are going to want them. Yeah. But then I think, how many other kids chew the end of their pencils anyway? Exactly. Yeah. Why not just give the whole class one? Yeah. yeah. Because I can guarantee it will help. 
<laughs> yeah, if we're... you'll get you'll get children in schools that maybe have dyslexia and have to have a coloured overlay or something like that. Mm. You don't hand those out to everyone. No. So that there is, they obviously are capable of of controlling that and explaining it to the class that that's for this person. So, well, it's like some kids have a TA, other kids don't. It yeah. is life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all about making everybody the same and if a child needs a chewy gem to enable them to do what the rest of the class is doing then yes. they need that chewy gem mm. they need yeah. to yeah yeah absolutely so I think for me it just comes down to the fact that people that make comments like that just don't understand it I think it's um, getting better Yes. I can definitely see a, a switch over the years that we've been doing this. Well, I was going to say that, blowing our own trumpet, I think we've had a big a big part in influencing that and educating people on the benefits of it. Yeah. Um, and, and it, you know, you, we are seeing it being embraced more, which is fantastic. Yeah. But I think if anyone is saying, no, nah, don't like this, it's not, not allowed in my classroom or whatever the environment is, then it's just a big alarm bell that they just don't know. They don't have the understanding yet. And and therefore, I'm sure once they do have the understanding, they would accept it. Yeah, and there's a really great podcast uh, with Saskia Grassi, if you want to go back and find it, and she gives some great tips on using Chewy Gems in schools and how to approach a teacher. Yes, really it is a really good one. And then we do have um, a downloadable sheet as well, which visually points out the benefits of chewing in school. Yes, which is going to be my next thing, because when we were talking earlier about chewing being a thing that um, can stop that overload, et cetera, et cetera, it's more than that, though, isn't it? it? It's not only in that preventative situation. It can aid concentration. It can be beneficial in so many other ways. Um, so what what are the benefits? Well, I can tell you my personal experiences because I don't chew, but mm. I grind my teeth. Okay. Um, so when I grind my teeth, especially at night, because I don't know I'm doing it, it's really painful. Right. What I found is when my t- when I've been grinding my teeth and my, my jaw's really sore, I also get TMJ. Um, I use the dog tags, and I right. run them for a while, and it really relieves the pain. Okay. And I, yeah, yeah, it's it's been amazing. Just that one product, and I've like yeah. through life I've. I've I've tried ice I've tried so many things to stop this pain from the teeth grinding and now I've got the dog tags and I know that they, they'll just relieve the pain for me brilliant that's good um we I've seen over the years lots of stories about people that they just couldn't focus on a task and having something um <coughs> excuse me to chew on has helped them gain concentration and focus more mm. yeah definitely we see that a lot in the community as well and I think it's also like really important to remember that we're thinking of these as like sensory aids and stim aids, but they're actually really, really good for um, emotional regulation as well. So if you are experiencing a lot of anger and a lot of upset and you just don't know how to process that emotion, you find that um, you or your child or someone you care for is sort of lashing or being quite um, just not really being able to process their own emotions. And maybe, you know, it's coming out in ways that aren't the healthiest. Um, Chewy gems and sensory aids can be really, really helpful for that as well. Just that, you know, maybe getting your frustration out or calming down or just focusing on one thing and, and letting all that emotion kind of sort of 
fade away. Um, they can be really helpful. We see that a lot with sort of teenagers who kind of, um, we have parents of teens going through puberty and that sort of high time of emotion and hormones, like can be really helpful for that as well. Yeah. And the other thing, blowing our own trumpet again, and why not, we don't do it often enough, is that Chewy Gem um, can also be more than just a chewing aid. It can be just a fidget aid too, because some of them are, kind of squeezy and twisty and things like that so again it allows you to wear something that is discreet cool looking and you know you've got if you need it yeah I think that's really important especially with the whole confidence thing I think that was really what helped me as well knowing that it wasn't specifically just for chewing it could be for fidgeting and and other things as well and plus they're just really cool pieces to wear sometimes as well so being able to just have that and to know well if I don't find that I like it as a chew I can use it as a fidget I could use it just as a wearable piece of jewelry but it's there yeah. if I want to try it and if I get the confidence to yes, try it absolutely um, have- I was chatting to Richie from Awesome Tistic at the autism show because if you ever see Richie you'll see he always has a chewy gem on and he's always carrying a kiki blanket and his ear defenders and he was saying that from his diagnosis, he bought loads of different sensory aids and he tried so many things. And now he's got it down to an absolute T. He has one item for when he's going up, one item for when he's coming down, one item for when he's excited. And so now he's got his basic items that he takes everywhere and they're just perfect for him. And I think so that just shows that when you explore your senses, you can find the right yes. tools. Yes. Yeah, it's and encouraging that's an important that Yes. And that, that I think is really important. If you're sitting there and you've never tried anything like this, don't give up if it doesn't work because you've maybe just not found the right one. Like we, as I mentioned earlier, chewers crave different things. They crave different textures and then that can change because of their emotional state or their environment. Um, so if one doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean chewing as an option, a chewing aid is dead for you. It just means you've not found the right one. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. and that can, I, can take time. Yeah, can I also point out that chewing aids don't last forever? Yeah, because some people think that you just buy one and that's it. But what you've got to remember is, I'll, I'll use Jamie as an example. So Jamie is a clothes chewer and would ruin uh, jumpers weekly, and those jumpers were costing thirteen pounds to replace, which is very similar to the price of a chewy gem necklace. Now, I could give Jamie a button necklace, but it's too tough for her. She would never destroy that because it's too tough for her. Mm. She likes the Miller hearts, the skulls and the raindrops, which she does get through. But that's, yeah. they're the textures. They are the, the, the things that she craves and they're the ones that she needs. Exactly. Yeah. I think people do. I think you're exactly right there, Lorraine. Like People do think, oh, I go for the hardest shoe that will last me the longest. Yeah, but they're pointless if you don't like the texture of that, and if it doesn't work for you, so much better getting one that you like the texture of, but you're more likely to maybe go through a little bit faster. Obviously, if you're still going through them, like Jamie was with her jumpers, like every week, like that is something that we can discuss as a community and say, well, why don't we try this or this or this, just yeah, to save yeah. you some money. But um, yeah, chewy gems and chews, even if you find like the perfect one, they still have almost like a shelf life and but if you enjoy them at the time like that's what I think is brilliant yeah. we have um Casper who was does some work for us he is such a strong chewer isn't he Lorraine like he yeah. can get through anything and I said why don't you try the, tw- the twister bangle now the twister is one of our like thinnest softest chews and he absolutely loved it but he went through it within like probably two days 
but he enjoyed it. And if you're willing to, you know, maybe treat yourself to one that you really enjoy, but you know, it's just going to last a few days or a week or so, like that's also okay as well. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that for me, I still have a button available for Jamie. So when Jamie's really, really anxious and I can see that, I'll redirect Mm -hmm. to the button. Mm -hmm. So it's not that she's not having the button all of the time because that's not the one that she craves. But when I know she's really aggressive, then I yeah. switch that in, which yeah. then saves the other ones. Because mm. the other tip that I tend to give to people is if you find a chew that works for you, don't just get one, get two. Mm-hmm. And then don't just use one like constantly, chop and change. So you've got two yeah. on the go because then they'll last longer as opposed to just chewing on one consistently yeah. get two and just have one for one day then the next day go to the other one so you've got the same chew the same texture but you're just kind of chopping and changing between the two so actually over a period of time they the two of them last much longer yeah I and also really- ro- rotating because one of the the things that we get is if someone chews in a particular place consistently like all day every day in the one spot of course that's going to wear faster mm-hmm. So if you can encourage people to rotate it and change where they're chewing on it, that's also a way to prolong them. Um, But yeah, the other thing that I would say about that is that um, nothing, the human um, strength of the jaw is actually incredible. It's one of the strongest bite strengths on the planet are humans. And in actual fact, it doesn't matter whether you're chewing on a chewy gem a bit of wood or a bit of metal if you chew anything consistently and hard enough it will wear and it will break down even metal Mm. but obviously metal will damage your teeth um and wood may well damage your teeth so you you know there's nothing out there that's invincible really no no and I think it's it's really good like talking about all of this so that people out there listening can understand like why is a community like if you message myself or Lorraine or Pippa or Jenny these are the questions that we ask we ask about texture we ask about if they're going through things quickly and how quickly so that we can match people up with a chew that we feel would would suit them this is why we we tend to go into depth and we ask a lot of these questions from the start yeah yeah and sometimes we get it wrong and yeah and, and it, we need to try another one, but we'll do our best, definitely. Yeah, we're always here for a chat if anyone's thinking, well, I don't know what to try, or um, if you're a bit confused, because there's a lot on our website that can be, and just generally the world of stimmates can be so intimidating. So just always pop yeah. us a message and we can chat through things. Yeah, and every chewer is different. So yes. it, a lot of it is trial and error. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So hopefully that's been useful. That's fairly in-depth coverage of chewing for you um and like katie says do please get in touch if you do need any help more than happy to help so before we finish up we've got our listeners question lorraine do you want to fill us in on that uh, yeah so somebody was asking in the sensory support group about sun creams because if you have sensory difficulties you might not like the textures of sun creams so they were asking for advice on what to use and how to get it on oh gosh. okay and do we have do we have any ideas on that so for me because jamie's not a creamy person i buy the sprays and the one a day application Mm -hmm. because then you don't have to keep applying it yeah Uh, do you use factor 50 on her um it depends we don't really go out very much no yeah it really depends on the day and i've got i've got a mixture i've got 30 40 and 50 right okay because uh, I, I i would feel nervous doing it once a day that would feel 
Like, would that really work? Well, I think, say if you're on holiday and you're yeah. out all the time, I wouldn't just do it once a day. No. But if we're just going to the park, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I say, my, my kids don't go out very much in the sun. We don't like it. But yeah. but at least once a day. I think it, it tells you on the back that after so many hours, you do need to reapply. Right, okay. Um, but, yeah, I find that's the best for us. And the the spray ones and the – I can't think of the word. Like the watery ones. Yeah. Rather than the creams. Yeah. Rather than the thicker cream. Yeah. What about you, Katie? I think – Does it bug you having to put it on? It's not – it's not really a massive thing for me, although I just find it funny because my mum, we've been talking about this recently, my mum, she doesn't really have a lot of sensory issues. And I think this just also proves that anyone can experience sensory issues for anything. It's not always just people on the spectrum um, no. or with extra needs. So she hates anything sort of sticky on her face and her body. So mm. much so that even if she sees someone applying sun cream like on TV or in the park, she gets like the heebie-jeebies she hates it and um so I think from that point of view we always try to find things that like a sun cream specifically for face use because if you're using something that's supposed to be on your body on your face that can be quite heavy and quite sort of heavy duty um you can get sun cream specifically for um just your face which are a little bit lighter and a little bit of a different texture which can help yeah Um, But the other tip that I think I've only just thought of, which might work, but it depends if you've got someone there, is try not to apply it yourself. If you've got someone who doesn't have sensory issues with sun cream, get them to do the applying like or the rubbing in if that is something that you're comfortable with, because then you don't have the really heavy stickiness and like tackiness on your hands of doing all of the rubbing in. Because like I find that if you apply sun cream and then you have to rub it in, your hand like it's really difficult to wash that residue off your hands in particular because it just stays like that for ages so if you can try and get something or someone else to uh to apply it and do all of the rubbing in for you yeah and I I guess I guess as well maybe I, I don't know whether this would be relevant but for some people having it as part of their routine and having that explained to them mm-hmm. Um, so that they know it's coming and they can brace themselves for it and maybe even reward after it's been put on yeah well that kind of thing mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's not it's not really hot weather sun cream not really the best in, uh, kind of mix for the, sensory folks is it the thought of sun cream just thinking about it now is making me sweat because I can feel it on my body and it's like it's yeah. that extra layer mm. yes it's, it's just horrible yeah yeah mm. Um, so okay. I mean, you can get quite a lot of clothes that co- cover up as well. So yes. you don't have to wear vest tops and tiny little shorts. There's That's you know, like long flowing dresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that limits the amount of cream you've got to put on yeah. and wear. Big hats. Yeah. yeah, that that's a good tip actually. Mm. Yeah, fab. Well, that's us for this week. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us, and I hope that you are surviving the heat. And we will be back soon with the next episode. Bye-bye. See you soon. 
Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available, why not hit subscribe? And that way you'll never miss us. Finally, if you're not already a member of our fantastic Facebook support group, I suggest you go join it. We'd love to see you in there. There's loads of fantastic chat, lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you. So go and search on Facebook for the Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes. Speak to you then. Bye.